Welcome, Superhouse Podcast listen- listeners, to Superhouse Podcast episode 159. What's up? Ooh. How's everyone? Fantastic. I'm joined today- yeah, I'm joined today by Andrew. Hello. Got me a a wolfy cruz. What up? What up? What up? I'm doing great. It's not true <laughs> today, but it's Maddie here. <laughs> Stefan's got some news planned for us this episode. Jared's coming back on to talk about some hidden gem RPGs. Can't wait. And then we're going to do our top five holiday movies. So it's going to be a great episode. Welcome. (laughs) Your video. Welcome. Oh shit! I forgot I was videoing no, myself. It looks, it looks good. <laughs> I turned it off. Your Don't little banner, banner in the back. <laughs> I'm glad right. you weren't naked, bro. Anyway, I got found a couple articles that I thought I were know. newsworthy for the Superhouse podcast this evening, um, and I'll just go ahead and start with this one. Aquaman director James Wan wanted to direct a Batman horror movie. <gasps> I read from, that too. This is from Derek Schaefer on Screen Rant from December 3rd, 2018. It says, the director of Aquaman, James Wan, wanted to do a horror movie about Batman before he landed the big time under sea gig. Wan has quite an eclectic career as a director. Aquaman is his first foray into official superheroes. Though Wan did direct Furious 7, which was essentially a pulse-pounding superhero movie without any actual superheroes or costumes. Before Aquaman and Furious 7, though, Wan's career was entrenched in the horror genre. In an interview with Heroic Hollywood, Juan was asked about his superhero ambitions before landing the Aquaman gig. While Juan's heart currently is in the King of is with the King of Atlantis, he did consider taking the reins of the Caped Crusader. It wasn't just an idle daydream either, Juan explained. In the past, like most people, I loved the idea of directing Batman, but a horror version of Batman. That would be a potential fantasy of mine. But I feel like he's been done quite a fair bit. But I do love the idea of doing an outright scary Batman. I feel like that'd be really cool. The concept of Batman as a horror figure has been played out on the big screen before Juan floated this idea. Tim Burton's Batman had obvious gothic overtones as it dealt with the villain Scarecrow. As it dealt with the villain Scarecrow, Batman Begins had a few choice moments that could have belonged in a, in a horror movie. Even Batflex's DCEU debut Batman v Superman had the mass vigilantes skittering on the ceiling like something out of a creature feature. Batman movies have always come up short of really embracing the scary elements of the character, though. What do you guys think of if James Wan did a freaking Batman movie? It'd be sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Who do you think he would pick as a villain? Man Bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's producing fucking Swamp Thing, so he's gotta... I feel like he would take it to the creature feature side for sure, since it's not really... I mean, it's never yeah. been done. I mean, I guess we got kind of close when he turns into uh, that weird bat creature in, um, like, the Dark Knight series. Right. But I I agree. I think it'd be cool just to, like, just to do, like, Elseworlds kind of movies. Just, like, uh-huh. if, GC, if DC just started pumping them out. It was just like, cool, man. Make that horror, bat, horror Batman movie. Sick. Or there's a, there's a Mike Magnolia comic called uh, Batman the Doom that came to Gotham. And it's all uh-huh. about like Cthulhu and like Lovecraftian shit. That would be sick, but cool, it takes cool. place in like kind of around the Gotham by Gaslight kind of series stuff. 
Yeah, definitely. It's not like the source material isn't there, definitely. There's probably a lot to pull from in terms of like horror elements for Batman. So um, in, in some weird fantasy world and maybe in the future, that would be pretty effing cool. What if after the Matt Reeves Batman, James Wan gets takes the helm and it's sort of like a, a lead-up movie to a Justice League Dark film and it's just Batman and he's fighting Etrigan or something like that, like some sort of demon, they, you that's know, who they, demonic that's, thing. That's who should have gotten Justice League Dark. I mean, I'm excited for Aquaman, but when they were like, hey, the dude that directed Edge of Tomorrow's got a... Justice League Dark. I was like, out of all the fucking horror movie directors, yeah, I Jesus know. Christ, yeah. come on! Like, I'd Maybe love to good see pitch. him take on Constantine. <laughs> well, apparently not, because they ain't making it anymore, are they? Oh, right, right, right. No, I think it is still. It's still there, dude. They're ju- they're just. Uh, Seen how it's Aquaman's in it's in production hit. hell, essentially. Yeah, but like James Wan would be great for that. He would. I think he. I, I feel like he's going to be locked to Aquaman too after after this one is seemingly well, going to be a big should. hit. Yeah, I mean, but I think he should be like a producer and like just bring in one of his cronies from one of his other movies and be like, "Yo, we got to make Justice League Dark sick." Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be awesome. It seems like everything James Wan touches is gold, you know, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, I mean, even the stuff that I'm not super into, it does have like moments that I'm like, that was really that was a cool moment. He'll produce so, okay films, but all the stuff he directs is pretty pretty good. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I do like... Well, I didn't like Conjuring 2 as much as the first one, but the first one is a solid movie and still holds up, yeah. so... Yeah, all right, yeah, James, yeah. I'll give it to you. You can direct a movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Next up, we got Marvel's Shang-Chi film moving forward, looking for an Asian director. Marvel Studios is actively developing a Shang-Chi movie. This is also from Screen Rant by from Hannah Shaw. Damn it, Joey. It popped up on my <laughs> Hannah <laughs> Shaw Williams. Have to watch this. Right on her name. Anyway, this is from Screen Rant by Hannah Shaw Williams. Uh, Marvel Studios is actively developing a Shang-Chi movie with Wonder Woman 1984 co-writer Dave Callaham penning the script. Shang-Chi was actually originally part of the 10-movie lineup that Marvel had planned out in 2005, but fell the wayside along with other projects like a Hawkeye solo movie and a Power Pack movie. Um, Power Pack? Power Pack is. That's like, it's some kids, I think. It's super-powered kids. Uh, Reed Richards' kid. Great name. Something like that. Anyway, we'll we'll be back with some more Power Pack uh, soon enough. This will mark the first ever blockbuster Asian superhero film made by an American studio. Callahan is Chinese-American, and Marvel is reportedly seeking a director of Asian descent to helm the film. For the, for the audience, let me uh, give you some history on Shang-Chi, just in case you don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Created by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin, Shang-Chi is a master of martial arts who made his debut in 1973 in the pages of Special Marvel Edition number 15. In the comics, Shang-Chi is the, Shang-Chi is the son of Fu Manchu and was molded by his father to be a living weapon. However, after being sent upon his first mission to assassinate an elderly man sleeping in his bed, Shang-Chi became disillusioned about his father's supposed goodness and nobility and ultimately turned against him. Yeah, I was reading on Reddit too today that uh, this guy posted in one of the top, it was like the top comment for this news article. Mm-hmm. Said some, it was just like a very quick blurb about his powers and it said basically he's, he's, not, he's, he's essentially less power than Captain America. He has no actual mm-hmm. super ability but he's just so ridiculously good at fighting it's like Hell a batman yeah. kind of thing 
yeah. it brings him up almost almost to those levels. And when Spider Man loses his abilities in one run, he goes to Shang Chi to learn how to fight without powers. Wow! That's so awesome. this is this is part of the you know part of the Marvel mythos, and just this is really cool news. Uh, there's a really yeah. it's being fast tracked. They said, and I think there's oh, a wow. good reason. There's a good reason for that. It's because a I think. <laughs> I'm going to be calling this the Black Panther effect from now on. Um, <laughs> you know, bring uh, minorities more into the fold, yeah. make a big movie about minority and, uh, and a culture that's been, I don't know, not super yeah. underrepresented, not as underrepresented as African culture. There's always been some Chinese movies here and there, right? Yeah. In America, there's, you know, there's, there's shitload in China. I get it. Uh, but you know what I mean? There, there hasn't been that many lately, I think. Mm-hmm. According and, to... Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and, and so... That plus uh, having a Chinese connection with the second, maybe even going to become the first biggest box office uh, uh, movie-going audience in the world is China, too. Yeah. Uh, that's coming out. And then I'm going to say even C, they got Mulan coming out, too, at mm-hmm. some point. And they're going to be able to maybe even test the waters with Mulan to see how, you know, it's all under Disney, right? And they're going to see how a, a yeah. Chinese movie is going to be received, Yeah. you know, in China and the rest of the world as well. So, I mean, really, it's a... God, it's a great idea all around. I yeah. can't fucking wait. According to Deadline, Marvel is seeking an Asian or Asian-American director for Shang-Chi, hoping to re- replicate the success of this year's Black Panther with, quote-unquote, a new hero who blends Asian and Asian-American themes crafted by Asian and Asian-American filmmakers. Callahan has quickly become a sought-after screenwriter for comic book movies, not only working for the script Wonder Woman 1984, but also tapped to write the screenplay for the upcoming sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. His previous writing credits are oh, yeah. include 2014's Godzilla and The Expendables. Yeah. How do you feel like about that the, Godzilla movie, though? Yeah. How do you feel about the coming of Shang-Chi, Matty? Uh, I'm down, man. I don't know much about it, but it could be one of those things where, you know... Uh, where I didn't know much about Guardians and didn't really care till I saw it or a trailer for it, and I was like, "This shit looks dope." Why didn't I know about this sooner? Why didn't I care? Yeah. So um, I hope it's one of those things. I like, I, I do like that. Uh, you know, Marvel, and hopefully, like DC will do it. Like some of these, like lesser known things, will become more prominent. Yeah. Um, and so that's cool. And then also that the. They're doing that into the Spider Verse with the all female Spider. The Spider Woman is also yeah. sick. Yeah. Um, my only beef is, is like, where my ladies at on that big screen? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hell yeah! But I want to see a like live action Spider Gwen movie, dude. That'd be sick. Yes. But, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm sure. down. Yeah. I mean, I've said it on here before. Marvel, ha- Marvel, and Disney have my money forever. <laughs> I'm never not gonna see a Marvel movie. I'm never not gonna see. They win. They win. Yeah. They do. <laughs> well, now they got that, my Predator and the Aliens. God damn it. They got all my yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, the Shang-Chi news, I think, is also a good segue into the Blue Beetle movie in the works will star the DCEU's first Latino superhero. Woo! About fucking Hell yeah. time. I'm Latinx. Um, I'm not. I'm Latinx. so excited. <laughs> Uh, that sound. This is the article from uh, Slash Film. Jacob Hall wrote this one. Uh, shout out to Jacob Hall. 
The sound you hear is Warner Brothers taking a long, hard look at how Marvel Studios has elevated so many second-string superheroes into box office sensations and muttering, quote, why can't we do that? And with a new Blue Beetle movie, (laughs) it certainly sounds like they're going to try to do just that. And this character feels like he could be a big deal. He has the crazy armor of Iron Man, the teenage angst of Spider-Man, and beneath the costume is a Latino kid. <laughs> this guy wrote it. Um, offering <laughs> Warner Brothers a chance for special first. Offering Warner Brothers a chance for special first f- for superhero cinema. Well, I mean, it must not take much to get a job at Slash Film. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, I'm, just Shots fired. I'm, I'm just playing, dog. I'm just playing. Um, um, He's not. Um, in the DC Comics, teenager Jamie Reyes discovers a mystical blue scarab with extraterrestrial origins that fuses with his spine. Naturally, this gives him access to a slick, slute, sl- slick suit of blue armor and an array of powers. In more recent storylines, it's revealed that his alien tech is supposed to empower the user to take over an entire planet and clear the path for an invading army. Naturally, Jamie resists and uses his great power for great responsibility. This version of the Blue Beetle has also been part of the popular Young Justice animated series. Um, Following the success of Wonder Woman and Black Panther, it's easy to see why the studio would want to get to the the ball rolling on this film as soon as possible. Surprise, surprise, audiences like seeing superheroes who aren't just another white guy and diversity fills theaters, which fills studio coffers. Everyone wins. Quite frankly, it's about time we saw more Latino superheroes on the big screen and Warner Brothers leading the charge in that direction. Suicide Squad is a bit of a disaster by Jay Hernandez's Diablo off. But JJ, this guy goes on to like a rant. I kind of like it. Um, <clears throat> but, but Jay Hernandez's Diablo offered a splash of cultural texture into a confused movie. And there's, and there's the, and then there's the upcoming birds of prey, which will feature Rosie Perez as Gotham city detective and sometimes superhero Renee Montoya. Um, first I just want to say yes about that suicide squad comment. Cause just that one little moment, seeing this fucking Mexican fire Cholo dude turn into an Aztec <laughs> God and fight another demon was pretty fucking cool for a Latino dude. I'll be honest. Um, what do you guys think of the Blue Beetle news? Wait, I feel like you should say more about this since you're Latino, man. All right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, overall I, I, thoughts? Uh, I, mean, I think I want to yeah. say something, too. Yeah. Go ahead, Steph. Go, go for it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love Blue Beetle. I uh, Young Justice is a sick show. Glad it's coming back. I think I yeah. ended up picking up a volume or two of the... Young Justice rules the blue beetle comic or something and i love the character it's awesome i like that my favorite stuff is one he's in the costume the costume's like destroy everything he's like no dude we can't do that shit it's like yeah. what happens in spider-man homecoming with when he puts on the suit and it's like okay it's in kill mode or whatever that mode was called in spider-man homecoming but it's like happening all the time and it's comedic genius yeah because he's trying cool. to like communicate with an alien you know, an alien uh, technology that doesn't know how to use, and I think it could be awesome. Uh, I think I, Blue Beetle is probably one of the newer superheroes that I just like got into that uh, I was really like just swept up in when I was reading it. Um, and I'm glad that someone's finally making a fucking movie about it. It sounds awesome. I'm in. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think if they if they knew what they're if they know what they're doing, they'll they'll look into like what kind of like Latino young Latino American culture is like, um, rather than just trying to like replicate it on their best guess 
or based on <laughs> I don't know what yeah. they'd base it on. You know what I mean? But like, get down there, get down and hang out with some millennial young Latino millennials and get a real feel for their culture and it and put that into the movie because if like these young kids who are like generally regarded as like thug or cholo or like whatever the cultural implications of their 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 upbringings is, are like if you tap into that stuff you'll like they got money man they'll basically if like young latino kids have like heroes that they could relate to on screen and see themselves on screen like it'll just be a huge leap in the confidence of that culture the expression of that culture and um and the recognition of it you know for the rest of the world because we all got to have our superheroes man we can't just have you know, one type Bunch of person of white and, 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 and my, some, and all, like a lot of my best friends are, are white men and they're great. I love all you guys, but <laughs> you know what I mean? We just all have to be able to have our heroes. If we're going to be heroes, you know what I mean? We have to be able to find <laughs> our strengths huh. in, in, in these, in these types of dreams, you know, to get help, give us confidence. And especially a lot of these young Latino kids don't have dads. You know what I mean? They don't, you know, I grew up without a dad. My siblings grew up without dads. Most of my friends growing up grew up without dads. It's just, I don't know. It's a weird symptom of the culture, which is, which is pretty sad. Um, but you know, together we can, we can, we can transcend that by, you know, by one getting Latino creators to, to have a say in it behind it and get all Latino. If you're going to open the floodgates like that and you want the representation, man, seek out in Hollywood alone, like huge Mexican American population. I guarantee you there's producers and writers out there who can get this done right. I'm not too familiar with the blue beetle character myself. Um, I, n I don't really like the way his mouth is attached to the thing, but there's probably a lot I don't know. So, <laughs> um, I'm in. All right. So I know him from young justice and, uh, <coughs> Injustice as well, Injustice 2, and it's just great hearing that, you know, Latino-American accent come from that <laughs> suit, that character. It's, I love it. I think it's great that we need, obviously, we need more and more of this. Um, this is another, like, one of their, like, C, D-list characters, you know. Nobody knew who the fuck Blue Beetle was. People still don't know who he is. You used so, to be a white guy. Yeah, it was a white guy, and they are like, you know what, let's, let's make this guy more interesting. Let's, you know... Let's make him, you know, Latino American. So I think that's a great pick. And uh, I mean, currently the only uh, Latin American presence we have in superhero films is fucking Michael Pena and Ant Man. I feel like. So while he is great, it's going to be great to get an actual hero there. And even though this is everybody just following on the jumping on the Black Panther train, I think it's a great train to jump on too. So, <laughs> um, I yeah, more and more of it, man. I, I can't fucking wait. I you know it'd be cool if there was like, if it was anywhere near as cultural as Coco was. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm not from that culture, but uh, <laughs> I have a friend at work that's Latino American, <laughs> and he was telling me, he was like, he came back from that movie, and he goes, man, fuck Coco. And I was like, why? <laughs> I heard it was good. And he was like, man, that made me feel stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, to be honest, I haven't seen Coco yet because, um, and here's another thing that kind of relates to the Blue Beetle thing is, and I don't know if this is the same, your friend's same per perspective, but like as a Latino growing up as like a Latino kid, it's like, it's really hard to see like the way your culture is represented in Hollywood. Cause it's really, it's often really cringy. You know, it's uh, often yeah. a little too much. And so the appar there's an apprehension there. And so like, I've, I've kind of stayed away from Coco cause I'm like, it's going to be a bunch of shitty, like mariachi, like abuelito and abuelita. Yes. He's the nerd, you know, like, 
I yeah, have. <laughs> I, 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 it's it's definitely not that. I mean, it's yeah. definitely like it's got the culture down. The whole Day of the Dead yeah. thing is the central theme of it. So I feel like you should give it a shot. Yeah, definitely. I want to. And a lot of people have told me to. And maybe these are my own inbuilt uh, inner insecurities and prejudices. <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, it's like there's some apprehension if it's not, you know, if it's going to be like a cheesy representation of it. Uh, maybe that's my own personal thing. But. Um, like what your, your friend is saying too, like I, I've heard it's like really on point too. So I've been like, okay, maybe I need to do, I do need yeah, to sit down dude, and he, watch this. He loved it. He was, he's kind of making a joke obviously, but, it, oh, but I like see. if it, if the movie was anywhere near had the cultural resonance of that and I don't know, there's, I think there's just so much you could do with this and, yeah. um, it's, that's great. I think it's fucking great. Keep doing it. That's yeah. what I got to say, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. One, one last thing. Yeah. Hopefully the Blue Beetle movie takes off, and then we'll get that Ghost Rider TV show. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the only problem, Marvel, Marvel, the uh, only problem, the only problem I have with uh, that version of the Ghost Rider is that he drives a car. You want? I the, love uh, it, dude. I love it. Because the, I, the thing I got is it. Yeah, and I'm the, not. I'm not as show. Yes. He gets his power from another Ghost Rider. So yeah. he's not the only one that exists. So if you had a TV show and then I like get, yeah. Johnny Blaze fucking shows up to help team up, that shit would be sick, dude. Yeah. Like okay. him riding right okay. next to the car and his motorcycle would be sick. Look at the de- generation difference in the culture that the kid grew up in. I love it. Fair enough. Because yeah, there's actually a Latino, communi- Latino community, aren't they a big car culture? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you would like low I mean, riders and I'm, kind of stuff, yeah. Well, they have like um, Mayan, the, they also yeah. like motorcycles as well. Yeah. I just, I liked it because... It was no, no, different. Fair enough, a, fair enough. They had a uh, Latino artist draw it, so it definitely had that like that style of art that they're into, and That's it just awesome. it looks so cool. Like his helmet looks way cooler in the comic than like, or his like when he goes Ghost yeah. Rider mode looks way cooler in the comic than it does in the show. But they could only I get it. It's a TV show. You can only do so much. But Maddie just expects all the things all the time. Also, this is probably reaching real far. But in Batman vs Superman, Superman goes to Mexico during Day of the Dead as well so i wonder if there's even going to be any any sort of connection to that scene i don't know i'm, I'm just i'm reaching real far there yeah like maybe he um, saw him as a little kid at that point yeah you know what i mean i don't know yeah. i don't know yeah I, I i i hear what you're saying maddie i gotta again that's another character i, I should probably be more familiar with since they're all latino superheroes too and i'm talking <laughs> shit but uh but yeah yeah i was just gonna say like the motorcycle's cool and 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 i get it like it would be great to see johnny blaze show up or something um so i just gotta read those comics i just think it'd be a good way to introduce like a new ghost yeah, rider to people right. and I mean, I would love to see another ghost Rider. like if it happens to be johnny blaze but i'm kind of on board for all the Fuck these white dudes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like right I mean, on, I've man. read, I've read all those Johnny Blaze comics, all the good Ghost Rider comics, and it's like, man, I want to, you know. And the all new Ghost Rider kind of just like fell out. Then it kind of came back for a little bit. And yeah. The cosmic Ghost Rider things happening, which I want to read, which is like the Punisher is Ghost Rider now in space. Yeah. Oh, um, baby looks, Thanos and everything. I know. Yeah, and Damn it man. looks it looks weird and crazy and just like something I'd be totally into. But I was like, man, that all-new Ghost Rider was pretty sick. It just needed a little more, you know, just needed, uh, you know, more people to read it. And I was super excited when he showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because um, yeah. I like the tie-in, like, just the story of him, like, losing his brother and, 
you know, Johnny Blaze shows up and gives him, it's like, you know, like, redeem him, you know? And it's like, oh, that's sick. Look at Johnny Blaze. Oh, my God. You know, he, like, he gave him the, his yeah. Ghost Rider power. And I was like, that's... Because it was, like, adding to that mythos of Ghost Rider. And I was like, that's yeah. awesome. Um, I gotta so, see that. I gotta see those. Yeah, I just watched the... It's only, like, the first, like, five or six episodes of that season. And I was like, I'm Oh, yeah, that's Ghost right. Rider's I remember uh, some friends talking about it, for sure. Um, what's his name? Uh, that Ghost Rider? Oh, damn, the the Latino guy. This and I it's Reyes, isn't it? It's something is Reyes? it also Reyes? Something? Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna say. Robbie so. Reyes. Robbie Reyes. Yeah, that's it. Robbie Reyes. So, and hopefully with uh, you know the advent of more Latino superheroes showing up, they'll also uh, recognize that there's a multitude of names to pick from for these characters. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Anyhow, Hernandez. Hernandez. Gonzalez. Garcia. Garcia. Martinez. Anyway. Um, I got one more story before we head out of the news, my friends. Uh, we got to get back on that Ghost uh, Rider conversation as more details um, emerge. Emerge. Uh, so for my final story, this is another one from Screen Rant. Star Wars 9, Kylo Ren reportedly has a new helmet. By Sick! Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, that's one story I haven't read, read actually. That's yeah. there, actually, this was a pretty good uh, week for news so far. There was a lot of good stories. There's a Zatanna movie announced, and there was some cool Twilight Zone television show casting the Jordan Peele version, oh, but yeah. we'll talk about those as they come along as well. Um, but this I kind of want Key and Peele to just run Hollywood. I, I, I want them to just do everything. <laughs> yeah. I swear. I've liked every fucking thing they've done, man. Yeah, they're awesome. Anyway, before I get off track, um, Kylo Ren will, will reportedly wear a new helmet during the events of Star Wars Episode Nine. The mask has been an integral aspect for the character ever since his debut in 2015's The Force Awakens, as it's uh, always been more than just a neat-looking visual design to sell merchandise. It's directly connected to the former Ben Solo's psychology. He originally wore it to conceal his identity as he studied the dark side of the Force in an obvious homage to his grandfather, Darth Vader. In The Last Jedi, Kylo actually destroyed it after being chastised by Supreme Leader Snoke um, after his failure at the Starkiller base. Kylo obviously felt the need to to prove himself to Snoke, which explains why he wrecked the helmet, but the troubled youngster went a completely different route as Last Jedi progressed in one of the more shocking cinematic twists in recent memory. Ren killed Snoke and appointed himself as the new supreme leader. With Snoke, mocker of helmets out of the way, some might be wondering if Kylo will have some new headgear in Episode 9, and it definitely, definitely sounds like that's the case. <clears throat> According to Making Star Wars, Kylo will be in possession of a mask in Episode 9. From the sound of things, it could be his damaged one repaired, as it's being held together by red... Well, well spoilers. I feel like this is going into a little spoiler territory. Don't do so it. I, so I don't... You want me to say it? I don't want you to. I want to... I don't okay. want to know okay. Star Wars spoilers. Okay, it's. I don't think it's a huge deal. I've already read it, and I'm kind of dealing with that now, but... Um, Does it have anything the idea, with the current Vader series that's happening? Uh, I'm like that uh, mask I'm, that Vader just found in the comics. Oh, I'm not certain. Probably uh, not, dude. I'm they're not, not going to sync that up. They usually do. They put in fucking Rebels. They did. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. Darth Maul and Solo. <laughs> anything can happen. Uh, as far as as far as the rumors as the far as the rumors on this story have to say, it's ju it's going to be some type of like pieced together mask. Okay. Um. Um. So so pro most definitely, it's probably the 
the one he smashed and there's uh, also other details about it I don't want to mention um, because I respect my, my Star Wars peeps. Oh my god, he's got um, the Vader and with his own helmet. Oh my god, <laughs> I hate you so much. And uh. I, think, I think there might be a statement there embedded from J.J. Abrams as if he's maybe picking up the pieces and putting them back together from, uh, from you know, the run Ryan Johnson had, which I think would be kind of dumb. It would be kind of a step in the back backward direction but i did like love the helmet so i hope that they do something cool with that aspect of it okay guys we will definitely get to jared's new list here but just before that as of the recording of this here episode the captain marvel trailer 2 dropped right in the middle of recording so we're gonna do that right now Sick subway. So the New York subway system. Bad guys. I thought the scrolls were the good guys. No, they're bad, aren't they? I, I'm, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> and you're a Cree. A race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Okay. Dope. This is cool. Anytime we have a whole space team, I love it. I'll eat it up any day of the week. Your life began today nearly ended. Oh, green blood. He's got me Tells you how much I know. Greenish. One of us. I mean, shit. I'll I'll see it. Oh, it's bluish. Yeah. I like stuff that looks like shiny magic for sure. Oh, badass. Yeah. Keep having these. She's so pretty. Memories. <laughs> this pilot shit's awesome. Yes. The key to all of this. That's what I really wanted with my life, but I was terrible at math. We'll see. <laughs> and I wore glasses. Yes or no glasses. Questions. Yes. Oh shit! Yes, that ship was. Blue. So is this is this uh, Nick Fury or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is set ninety five. Really yeah, ninety five. Eye patch, bro. Dope. Oh uh, shit! You know what? I'm I'm gonna see this just for the fucking scrolls. <laughs> Jude Law. Jude Law. This uh, crosscut shit is very interesting. This Those is scrolls better be fucking shit up. I'm not gonna fight your war. I'm gonna end. Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, definitely Super Saiyan. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. This is sick. I oh love it. <laughs> what? That's like Star Wars with fists. That was awesome. Aren't you the cutest little thing? Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Fury. What's I'll be back. <laughs> they did an amazing job with that aging, that yeah. DA. It's so weird. Looks younger <laughs> than Pulp Fiction, man. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, actually. Yeah. That's scary. You know, playing Red Dead even. The technology, we're fucked. These robots are already control shit. <laughs> anyway, Captain Marvel. Uh, Jared, what do you think, man? I mean, shit. I'll see it. I saw both <laughs> Guardians movies without complaining, mind you. So uh, I'll see that's a good review. All right, <laughs> <Yeah>. Matt. <laughs> uh, I think it looks sick. I don't know much about Captain Marvel, but like I said earlier in this podcast, Marvel, Disney have my money forever. So. I'll be there. That's fair. I mean, it's like, at least, you know, when you're watching a Marvel movie, you're not chancing a Batman versus Superman debacle. 
Yeah. Right. It's like they, they at least try. They have, <laughs> they have developed a trust. Yeah, between they have, themselves they and the audience. Have. Yes. <laughs> trust <laughs> Stefan. Don't cheat um, on me, Marvel. I'll never forget. I think uh I think that this trailer alone is like a hundred times better than that first trailer. That one was cool, and I don't really know too much about it, but I was like, it looks more on par. The first trailer made it look more on par th- the first Ant-Man or something, not to diminish any of these films, but just the terms of budget, essentially. Um, but this trailer was just like, they really pulled out some guns here, and it looked like so much fun, really amazing visuals, and they're really honing in, not only like in the cinematic way that they've brought you know these heroes into this realism aspect of, of or the, the realism aspect of these films, um, it seems now that they've they're now able to build as they're building more cosmically. We're seeing imagery that's more like comic book covers or more like comic book panels. Like with her after she's blasting all those spaceships or whatever and spiraling through the sky, and they zoom in and you see this just really heroic pose. We're getting to the point with technology and our visualizations of something like that, where it's just like hyper real versions of these fucking heroes. And it's like it's like heroin straight to the vein. Just that, <laughs> just that trailer. Hot yeah, damn. for me the highlight is definitely that I'd say the last the last scene where she's shooting a bunch of shit in space. That's like it's weird. It's like I feel like I've I've seen there's been things a little bit like that before, but no one's really executed as well as <laughs> possibly in a way I haven't seen the movie. But like it's just that that would seem to be done very well. Yeah, and uh, fuck man, their first female superhero coming out the gate with this shit that's great dc beat them to it with wonder woman but marvel's coming at him with this so that's awesome and uh what do you guys think of like what do you guys think of that de-aging thing that's mind-boggling to me what do you think about that with actors and stuff do you think it'll be cool for older actors because they'll have longevity of playing younger versions of themselves forever or is it it sick i don't want to it's just i don't want to see like cary grant come back you know yeah, somebody already like, did I yeah <laughs> I don't that. like if it's like oh hey samuel jackson's still alive and we have to make you younger for this captain marvel movie yeah and he's like yeah that's sick let's do it that's fine i just think Dude. it'll get real weird when people are dead and you're like why the fuck is audrey hepburn in a new movie what the fuck is happening yeah it would have been cool if they it would have just been just as cool as if they casted a younger actor to play like a nick fury it's not like it's a very distinct type of character, you know, like you, you could get some younger dude to, you know, it, it, it's, just, it's it, interesting. It just as cool. Like in, in, so with practical effects makeup, it's been a thing for a long time to have an old age makeup, make somebody uh-huh. older a bit practically. But now mm-hmm. it's like the thing to do with VFX is to make them do a young age makeup, which has been kind of hard to do practically. So yeah, it's going to be scary with all that stuff, man. I mean, I think the Cary Grant shit probably will happen. Um, I mean, they Tupac's still they doing fucking concerts. They're going to do It's a Wonderful hologram shit. So that's going to happen with movies and things like that. And it's it's going to be weird. I mean, the thing is, the future is going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> that's really how <laughs> we're, we're, living we're living in the novel snow crash, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't wait. I have a friend that says that he'll watch any movie with explosions, which is a fucking, <laughs> that's like anything. That's criteria. Pretty much, but I was thinking, is there anything like that for me? And I kind of feel like it's not guns, it's not explosions per se. It's laser beams. I fucking (laughs) every time somebody has laser beams or shooting shit out, I love. (laughs) You're the same way, Jared. 
yeah, they found out a way to make a live action like Macross movie and do it right, I would be all for that shit. Yeah, dude, like late uh, lightsabers being basically a laser. I, I, this, this just <laughs> draws me on the screen. Like I just, I, I love that shit. One thing I was so. thinking is like just with how sick you know those like space hand lasers looked from Captain Marvel is they could if they wanted if they wanted to stop sucking do a proper live action Dragon Ball Z movie it looks like you know yeah. like Marvel should get their hands on that yeah or Disney, Marvel just, or just like one of the anime properties <laughs> like somebody who like gives a fuck about you know making action movies I think yes. that Mar- Marvel Disney Marvel should create a larger presence in Japan and get that Japanese Spider-Man movie out and a Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> oh God, if they made the Japanese, what you mean with like a Leopoldon and all that? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. Anyway, that that's actually, a tangent. In, into the Spider-Verse is coming out. If he was in that, that would that would be, that would have been a great Easter egg. The lead-in man, yeah, at least some sort of thing in the background or something. That, well, they yeah, had the aging girl with her like robot spider dude. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So, there might be some reference that we, she might throw something out at some point, and all of us are gonna be like, "Holy fuck!" Up next, we're heading into our retro gaming section with Jared B. Um, and this time, we're gonna look at some hidden gem RPGs. My face is melting already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Um, all right, guys, I got some hidden gem RPGs for you. Um, I don't know if this is breaking the rules, if I'm going to get some like player's guides thrown at me on the street for this, but most of these RPGs are action RPGs and not turn-based. But I feel like they're still RPGs because they have RPG elements. They are RPGs, yes. So all you turn-based fans out there can just deal with it. <laughs> um the first one I'm going to talk about is a Sega property that's super awesome and really quirky and is just really a really interesting take on the genre. Um it's a game called Rent a Hero mm. and it is a technically an action RPG but it's still kind of like not random battles but it's still kind of like you know you've got these you've got these battles that are like you've got to like seek them out like it's not like you're just like you know fighting waves you know like like, like when you're playing zelda it's like a it's like a really interesting setup for like the way you get into these battles so the storyline is that your family is having like a dinner party and <laughs> so you're like ordering food for the dinner party and for some reason you order the food and instead of bringing you food the company brings you like a super suit essentially and they're just like <laughs> been chosen you know to try out this super suit to be like the first person to try it out because it's a company that makes super suits and so then <laughs> you end up like fighting your dad who's wearing like a godzilla costume and you punch him too hard and like end up like knocking him out and then so you like you figure out that you've got this super suit and you're like on the phone with like the person from the company and they start telling you you know that like uh you've like won essentially you know the right to like use this super suit and you end up going into this thing where like you're like a mercenary almost like jobs will come in from this company and you'll like do these jobs in exchange for like being able to keep the super suit slash keep your town safe and so hence the title rent a hero 
Um, <laughs> I just fun. knocked my Hell. fucking ear thing out. But uh, so <laughs> like, so you you end up um just like going around the town and like you'll get these random missions and so it'll be like, you know, you got to stop a mugger in the park, you know, or there's like a troublesome guy, you know, in this area <laughs> that's like extorting people for cash. But it'll end up being like some kind of like punk looking dude or some like guy who's like looks like he's wearing like a kaiju costume or something. But all the battles are like a 2D fighting game. So it's like this weird game where you like you're like going around having all these kind of like weird, shitty, like street fightery type battles. But there's all uh, this really quirky, awesome. like earthbound kind of humor. So you just get like all these really funny jokes and like really funny writing. And then you can like learn new skills the further you go along and like upgrade your battle suit and get like a better battery that allows you to like you know stay in the suit for longer and the suit has all these kind of like abilities where you know like you can like walk faster or you can like run and stuff like that and it's just like it's a really great time and uh there's actually another one like the original came out on sega genesis but it's been translated so i've been playing the rom but i think another one came out on either Sega Saturn or Dreamcast in 3D. Yeah. Dreamcast and then also Yeah, and then like the the main character makes a cameo in uh Fighters Megamix for the Sega Saturn. Cool. Oh yeah. So it's like really fun to like be him and you can cheese people with like his like gun attack. Um <laughs> But I've I've I don't I don't cheat. I've never cheated in a fighting game. I'm, you know, always just <laughs> sportsman like um <laughs> hey, you don't got you don't got to convince us man <laughs> see, you on, see you online later dude this is what i've been wanting like an dude, rpg but when you fight it's a fighting dude. game dude it's so it's so good and the the storyline in the writing really hooks you in it's like i what haven't gotten fuck? very far but it's like I, I had the biggest smile on my face when i first started playing it like god damn it <laughs> this is great all right sorry keep going uh, the next one is a game that you might have heard of if you you know if you're like really hard on like a uh, destructoid or like hardcore gamer, but like 101. But if you're uninitiated, you know, hopefully this will be a surprise for you. This game's called Gunplay Gunman's Proof, and it's a Japan only Link to the Past clone that came out as one of the last games to be released on the SNES. And oh, it was released by this company that went under right after. And the only games they did before it were kind of like, you know, weird education games and stuff like that. So it's weird that they just came out and like made this dope action RPG. Um, and so it's like, it's a Link to the Past clone. The animation is really beautiful. It's like your main, the main character almost looks like um, the kid from Shin Chan. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Shin Chan. It was on Adult Swim a little while back. But yeah, it's like, it's like little, shitty animation. Shows his butt everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like imagine that dude with a cowboy hat, and that's like what that's like who you play as in this game. And it's like got this really crazy Earthbound style humor. Like essentially, like these aliens. It takes place in the Wild West, and these aliens like come down in a meteor and start like kidnapping people and then mm. like the main the main character is like this little farm boy and he's like walking around exploring and then like a meteor hits the ground like right next to him and like knocks him over and this little ufo comes out and these two space sheriffs are in there and like one of them is like 
you know, the captain. And then like, uh, he's got this other guy with him. That's more of like a deputy type guy. And they're looking for another one of their agents. Who's been trying to fight these monsters that have crash landed into the wild West. And so the space sheriff ends up having to merge with your body. Cause it's the only way he can fight, you know, the scourge <laughs> of you know, these evil creatures that have come. And so he takes over your body. And so you go from being this wimpy kid to just being hella badass, And you like go back to your town and your dad's like, like you better never like if you keep going outside the town, you know, like you like you better never come back like until you've killed like one of these monsters. And he's just like keeps like pushing you around and telling your mom to shut up in like a very I guess Western style kind of a uh, dialogue. Um, how do you, how do you spell this game again? Uh, Gunman's Proof. Okay. Oh, okay. Got it. Sorry. Gunplay. Gunplay is just L E. Gunplay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, um and so okay gotcha gotcha yeah like you're um you you go around it's it's so similar to link to link to the past that it's like borders on copyright infringement but (laughs) it's like they took like they took that engine and that world and did such a different thing with it that it definitely stands apart as a completely different game so you start out with like this shitty gun and you're going around trying to like fight these dudes and you can like duck and strafe, you know, and like shoot and stuff like that. But then it's like, you know, you'll meet characters along the way that teach you special skills. So you get like a charge shot and then eventually you get like a machine gun, a bazooka, a flamethrower and a shotgun um, and you can find bombs and stuff. And so like most of the battles, you know, you kind of want to use. I've been playing on a keyboard, but if you really want to play with a controller so you can use the triggers to strafe like while you're shooting and like dodge bullets and stuff. And you go around and kind of do, you know, like these quest type of things like, oh, like we need the seven whatever's from all these places so you can go to like the main hideout and find like where their, you know, leader is and all that stuff. But it's like the quirky humor just really, it's really, really charming. The animation is like really, really goofy. Um, the enemy design, you know, you've got, you're fighting like giant grasshoppers with like Squirtle Squad glasses on and shit like that. <laughs> um <laughs> and then, like you, you get uh, the the space sheriff that they were looking for, who was on the planet before, like the other two crashed. He crashed into a mule and like merged with the mule. And so, like, <laughs> if you kill an enemy and they drop a carrot, you like pick up the carrot and you become invincible for a second, and you can like ride around on this mule and just trample what everything in your way. <laughs> and sometimes when the mule comes down, it'll do a different pose. And every now and then, it does this pose where it's wearing like Sailor Moon's outfit, which is like really funny. Um, <laughs> cool. but it's, it's funny because it's like, even though this is a link to the past clone, this is actually this game, you know, introduced like a steed, whereas, you know, you didn't get Epona until, uh, Ocarina of time. So I thought that was like an interesting little factoid there. Um, huh. the next one I'm going to talk about is a game. I don't know if you've heard of princess crown. Ah, uh, um, that sounds familiar. It's like essentially the it's an Atlas game that came out for Sega Saturn and it's a precursor to like Dragon's Crown and Odin Sphere. So it's like very similar to those games, but a lot more RPG like. Like okay, with, um, yeah. with like, you know, collecting shit and mixing stuff to make potions and bombs and like food and stuff like that. But it's got these giant sprites and these really weird battles where you kind of like have uh you kind of play footsies with like the enemy you're fighting and it's like, you know, slashing isn't like, it's not like it's secret of mana where you just slash and it's like really quick and you can kind of like 
really go wherever you want. It's like, you've kind of got this, like, there's like this weird timing with it where you have to like slash then guard and then like dodge and stuff like that. And so it's a little weird to get the hang of, but it's like, it's like really fun. And you're like fighting all these crazy like dragons and stuff. And it's like, it's just a really unique, really, really unique game. Um, and the sprite work is beautiful because the sprites are like really huge. Um, cool. Definitely, like if you played Odin Sphere or Dragon's Crown and you see this game, you'll be like, "Oh shit!" Like, it's clearly by, you know, Atlas. Um, next, one I'm going to talk about is I would say uh, Zelda Two for the NES clone, um, and this one came out on Sega CD in addition to like Turbo Graphics, SNES, and like um, I think maybe even Amiga, like some really weird, like obscure, like um, systems, but it's like a Zelda 2 clone, so you're doing a lot of side-scrolling, dungeon exploring. But the Sega CD version has anime cutscenes and like voiceovers, so all the dialogue has like a really cheesy voiceover on it. And like it's 90s as fuck. Like it's so 90s that it's <laughs> like it's it, it's almost like you're playing like Slayers or something. Wait, like, it, it is Zelda though, or no? It's like it's it's like Zelda 2 in that you're like you know exploring dungeons like left to right. What was the name of it? You know, Popful Mail. Oh yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, Zelda 2. No, no. This okay. is this, this is this is Popful Mail. Sorry, I probably should have. I probably forgot to say, like, say the name. But um. Okay. Popful Mail. Yeah, it's it's got like multiple characters and it's got different little towns you can explore and it's got like weapons you can buy and each different character has like an ability that you can upgrade. It's not terribly deep, but it's just like, I think for novelty purposes and just, it's like a snapshot of an era. It's like a very fun, like nineties action RPG. Um, How do you if spell you, that? Uh, popful male P O P F U L male, like M A I L. Okay. Um, I was aware of this game when it was out because I had a Sega CD, but I never got this. This does look pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you see what I'm saying? Like, it's got that really '90s style and kind of reminds you of like yeah. all the hokey, all the hokey stuff from the mid to late '90s, all that hokey anime stuff. Yeah, yeah. looks I've great. Seen, I've seen some of this. Yeah, Sega CD is a little bit uh, underrepresented. It's yeah. it was a pretty decent system. Really? Yeah, yeah. It had a lot of uh, it had a lot of interesting games. It had a lot of um, a lot of like choose your own adventure cinematic games. Those mm -hmm. FMV games, yeah, I was famous for that. But you know what? I I've seen on several forums that that people think that Sonic CD is the best Sonic of all time. Hmm. Really? It had the time the time travel aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it is it is very cool. It is very cool. But I really like Sonic Three and Knuckles though. That was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that game's so solid. So good. Sonic Three, Sonic um, CD had the CD quality music too. That was a big plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean that that like that like time travel shit was really cool because it like changes the level itself. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, it like changes like the layout of it and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about. I don't know if you've heard of this. There's a game that came out for the GameCube called Gotcha Force. Uh, game and it's kind I've of never played really that much, man. Yeah, th th this one was like a super rare, like pressing. Like it, they didn't really like it's a Capcom game, but they didn't really promote it well, and they didn't really print a lot of copies of it. So it's like 
a killing trying to get this thing on fucking eBay. Like, like you'll be lucky to escape, you know, like getting it for under a hundred. Two hundred uh, bucks I'm seeing right now. Yeah, it's wild. Like I I like bid on it and like almost lost to this dude, but I swooped in at the last second and pulled the rug out from under him. Luckily I was able to get it. But oh, also man. you can emulate it on, <laughs> on Dolphin though. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's like a Pokemon virtual on hybrid is the only way I could kind of describe it. Oh, those it's were like, nice words you just said there. <laughs> like the the, the storyline is like of course super cheesy and like throwaway, but like the gameplay is really deep and really really fun. And if it would have caught on in the same way Pokemon did, you know, it's like like you know you have those games that you play and you just wish that like one other kid on your street had that game so you could like you know, verse them in like the versus mode, but it's like such an obscure game that no one really gives a shit about, about it. Like this is like that game. Um, there's over like, over like 250 of these different little toy robot things that all control differently. And you like collect them and like battle with them. And like the controls are like, you know, very similar to like virtual on kind of like where you're running around and like, you know, doing this kind of jump cancel thing to retarget and you've got like you know these multiple abilities with like you know metered like uh like metered weapons and stuff like that and then you've got like a hyper mode that you can get in um and there's like all these different sorts of um there's all these different sorts of enemies so there's like ninja they're called gotcha borgs there's like <laughs> these like little ninja robots cowboy robots there's ones that are based on like kind of like tokusatsu heroes Oh um, shit! There's like transforming robots, you know, that like these Voltron type motherfuckers that like, if you like play with like if you're playing two player mode and, and like you and your friend pick the right robot, they can like melt, they can like merge together, kind of like get a robo and then like get powered up and like just like destroy the other team. And then there's and then there's even like planes and like helicopters and tanks and dragons and like. All sorts of wild shit. There's like these Grim Reaper dudes. Like it's you. You could like Google it or like what well, look at the videos of it if you want to see just the vast array of like possibilities with this game. But it's definitely like it's definitely a great time. Like I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, it's really sad that it's just like probably gonna be in like Capcom's dusty closet forever. But um, oh, I would say. Check it out if you have Dolphin, or if you're a baller, get it off of eBay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last game I'm going to talk about is an honorable mention because I have not played it because it has yet to be translated into English. Um, this one actually is a turn-based RPG. Um, it's called Linda Cube, um, and it's a really... It's a really, really weird game because it's like a Noah's Ark game. So like the object of the game is to go around and collect two of every animal in the game and like put it in this arc because the world is ending. But there's like three different storylines. So it's like you play a storyline, you play another storyline, and then it's like both of those storylines are really just practice modes for the third most difficult storyline. And what like, system was it on? It was originally came out for the PC engine. Oh wow. Um, then it was re-released for PlayStation with anime cutscenes added, but they took out a lot of the violent uh like parts of the game because I don't know, I guess like Sony's kind of like prudish when it comes to violence or something like that, which is weird. News hmm. to me because they had, you know, Resident Evil on there, but um yeah. 
then they released it again for Sega Saturn with the cutscenes added, but all the original violent content from the PC Engine release. So that's the one that I want to play. But what system was that on? Sega Saturn. But then um, it's it's like it's like you know like is someone gonna translate this game, the Sega Saturn release, and is there ever going to be a working Sega Saturn emulator? Like <laughs> probably not. Dude, you can come over and I'll translate while we play, bro. Nice. Oh, dude, awesome. I, I would, yeah, I would, dude, I would, I would love to do that. It would, that would even be cool to like make a video out of. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Because probably not. It's many it's really that. dope because like all yeah. the art is done by Tatsuyuki Tanaka, who's this like really amazing artist who did key animation on Green Legend Ron, uh, Riding Bean, and Akira. And so like the the game art is like really 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 high quality. Like I would put it up there with like you know Otomo and like uh, Katsuya Tarada and stuff like that. Um and from from what I can tell like the battle engine kind of plays like the original Fantasy Star games. You know like that kind of like where you just see the enemy and then like the backs of your characters like yeah, in front of it. Uh, earthbound was like that like you don't see your own character when you fight and i kind of didn't like that yeah well earthbound is like the writing is good enough to where like you don't really care after a while it's just the writing yeah. is so funny that like you know it's it's like you're more playing earthbound for the story but like this one at least you see the back of your character but it's just like it looks like it just looks like such a interesting like game to play and there's like all this really weird storyline shit like there's like the main character is this dude named Ken and he's got like an evil twin brother named Neck who like <laughs> who like works for like a works for a pharma an evil pharmaceutical company that makes all their employees dress like Santa Claus. <laughs> like, it's just like the art in the storyline just looks so like weird but like awesome at the same time and it's just like such a weird concept for a game. It's like probably highest on my list of games that like I really want to play. Awesome, and I, that, that's that's all I got. That's all I got for RPG. Nice. All those games sounded great. Uh, I looked up some images as you were talking. Man, they all looked great, too. Yeah, I was look. I always look these games up while you're talking, man. That's f- fucking awesome, dude. I'm going to be downloading a great deal of these games. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I would definitely. Yeah. I would say the first game that you should probably download if you're looking for something short. Uh, gunplay is only six hours of gameplay if you blast Oh, that's cool. I like it when they're shorter, actually. I don't want to... Like, I'm playing Chrono Trigger now. It's just, like, taking forever, dude. Yeah, Yeah, Chrono Trigger is probably, like, 50-plus hours, I would imagine. (sighs) Yeah, it's just... It's it's a lot. Hey y'all, it's Maddie. Tis the season. <laughs> so here yeah. at Cooper House, we love the Christmas time. We love Santa. We still believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to give our top five some honorable mention holiday films, Christmas films you can watch if you're just like, man, I only watch a Christmas story. Isn't that the only one? Well, it's not. And we're going to give it to you. <laughs> here we go. The only one they got on that thing. Uh, Andrew, give me that top five. Woo! Well, okay, so we said this is a Christmas and holiday films list. So starting from five to one, uh, the best Thanksgiving film of all time, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. 
I uh, grew up watching that film and uh, John Candy, Steve Martin, man, how can you get any better than that? Um, number four, I'm going to go with, uh, I wanted my list to be different, you know, and not just to be different, but I do really love these films. Um, there's a documentary called I Am Santa Claus, and it's about these guys that love being Santa, like it's a little weird, and it <laughs> follows them around, and it's... Um, What's that wrestler? There's a wrestler that uh, also loves being Santa. Um, hold on a second. I got Jim Duggan? I'm not sure. No, god damn it! I forgot his name. Uh, it was in Santa. Goldberg. The horror movie. <laughs> no, it's. Oh my god, this is killing me. Um, he's like uh, retired now, but yeah, it follows these dudes around, and uh, it's it's great. Um, it was made in 2014, and oh my god, I cannot remember this fucking guy whatsoever. Uh, all right, anyway, um, moving on from that. Uh, number three, I have. Uh, I just rewatched this last year for the first time in years, and, it, and you know, in John Favreau, I trust. Uh, Elf, man, Elf, so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. It really it holds up. Uh, animation parts are great too. Uh, Will Ferrell is great um, and uh, yeah I don't know I mean I feel like most of the things John Favreau has done I really like so uh, yeah that's my number three pick and then number two I saw for the first time last year it's a film from the 80s it's a horror film Maddie what? Uh, yeah Christmas horror film called Silent Night Deadly Night yeah. um, sort of a horror yeah. comedy there's a lot of comedy aspects to it but they're in a toy store for a good portion of the movie and it's in like 1983 or whatever and so you see return of the jedi toys in the store and shit um <laughs> they probably never got uh any uh you know the copyright for that but anyway it came out the same week as the first freddy movie i think so it just got buried uh but yeah it's the thing is, I guess I kind of like a bit of comedy with my horror movies, I guess, because it seems like I like a lot of my... Like, I like it Reanimator a lot. Uh, so, Silent this movie's a great. It's a slasher flick, too, so check it out. It's a Silent Night, Deadly Night. And then my number one pick is an anime. Saw for the first time last year as well. Uh, I guess last year really changed my world. Um, <laughs> Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, that's a great one. Wonderful movie. Uh, it's uh, an anime, and it's about three homeless people in Tokyo that come upon a baby, and it's during Christmas time, and how these homeless people deal with <laughs> this baby that they found in the dumpster, essentially, <laughs> and it just kind of goes from there. And there's there's like sort of a Christmas miracle aspect to it, you know, or a few miracles happen, and uh, so I think. It's just kind of a feel-good movie at the end of the day. So, yeah, definitely. That's my number one, I got to say. That's a Satoshi Kon movie, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so I'm done. Great. Stefan. All right. We're going to go to five to one here. Uh, my Oh, I just lost my list. There it is. Um, uh, my number five is Batman Returns. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. There's a lot of cool snow in those gothic Gotham streets and Christmassy things and weird, all the weird penguiny Christmas shit that ends up happening at the near the end of that movie. All the big props and everything. It just warms my heart and puts me into the Christmas spirit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four is going to be, we're going to say Scrooged. 
with Bill Murray. Nice. Hilarious. Hilarious film. What was that? Five, four. Hilarious film. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's dark. It's got a lot of good, like, practical effects jokes and Bill Murray reacting to, like, death's skeleton hand and everything. And, like, um, just all the strange characters he meets. And as it follows that Ichabod or Ichabod, what the fuck am I talking about? Christmas Carol kind of motifs and everything. But it's just, like... It's a little raunchy at times and just insanely funny. One of Bill Murray's best. Um, I also love, I got kind of a dark theme to my Christmas movies. I got uh, as my number three, I got uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. Who doesn't, who doesn't love those Danny Elfman songs and that animation? My God, so good. Um, I always really like people that have like little buttons and stickers or some you know some kind of relic of nightmare before christmas christmas on their backpack or something um on their jacket um great movie great movie uh and then my number two is going to be classic home alone because again it's a little dark it's violent um (laughs) it's it's (laughs) kevin McAllister. like who doesn't love him you know uh kevin smith makes fun of home alone in uh what was that damn movie dogma he has a joke about it that pile of shit but i actually really love home alone and they have that that part when they, they do carol of the bells but it's like a han zimmer tune dun, 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 yeah 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 dun, yeah. Dun. yeah like that shit is dope when i was i was like home alone a lot as a kid anyway like during the winters and stuff i was like i got this shit on lock down if anybody tries to fuck with me i'll fucking tar them and feather them <laughs> and before you um, move on to the next one, yeah. I, I just wanted to add to that. I just re- we just rewatched Home Alone, uh, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And uh, dude, my memory of Home Alone is that movie was ninety percent of those people bre- of the dudes breaking in and then him fighting them. Right, the home invasion scenes. No. But- that oh, was my what? my memory of it was that i oh, that's I see, I that's see, how i remember it It was like just yeah. that shit and then we watch it and i'm like this bit of fucking hour gone by and fucking this mm-hmm. hasn't even started yet it's like got I, great... I still i like the movie i think it was done very well but it's just like my memory was completely off interesting yeah it's got a lot of it's it's a john hughes movie um yeah oh no christopher columbus yeah john hughes had a he helped develop it Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So it was kind of like I think it was his idea, and then and then yeah, they sent it they sent it down the pipeline. But um, but yeah, it has some of that like homey comedy stuff. Some of that Uncle Buck kind of comedy. Uncle Buck, great movie as well. Was that a holiday movie? It is a holiday movie. Damn it, that's my number one. <laughs> Wait, what Uncle was your number Buck. one then? Um, I was gonna say Christmas Story just because it's classic, and I generally watch it every year. And that writer Gene Shepard who wrote it is uh one of my favorite writers and they just really captured the whole tone of his his writing in that movie pitch perfect and it's just a classic um uh i also like the sequel starring charles grodin that takes place during july 4th um but uncle buck is a great movie i'm pretty sure that takes we'll do that's my honorable mention is uncle buck because i'm not sure if it's a holiday movie or it takes place during winter so whatever it's great and it's an early Macaulay Culkin and some really funny jokes in there. John Hughes stuff. That's my that's my list, babies. Oh, oh it's, it's my oh, it's just my turn. Maddie Fitz, bring with the Christmas. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> all right, at number five, just watched this last night is Krampus. Yeah, um, good I, one. Because uh, I love Trick or Treat so much, um, and this was his follow-up. Uh, I don't think it is as good as Trick or Treat, but it kind of it helped spawn this whole Krampus horror movie thing that's happening because there's like ten of those motherfuckers now. Yeah, and they're just weird, shitty spinoffs, and Krampus shows up a lot more and stuff now, which is sick. Because before this, there was no Krampus movies. Maybe he was referencing some stuff, but. I don't remember it, but I love the movie. I love the design of Krampus in it. We had a big discussion about uh, some people in the house didn't like it, but I think it's sick. Uh, and I love the director's just like all his, because I know he does a lot of his own sketches and stuff, because before Trick or Treat came out, they did do like a comic edition of it. And that's how that movie kind of got made. Um, so I know he had a hand in like developing the creatures and stuff that appear. Uh, one negative thing is I don't care for the gingerbread men fight scene, but. It's in there, so watch it. Uh, number four <laughs> is Gremlins. Because, come yeah, on, yeah. who doesn't love Gizmo? That's all i got to say. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, Joe Dante is a fucking powerhouse, man. And this is like, it's got his crew in it. All the references from every other Joe Dante movie you'll see after it and before it. All the same actors show up. It's just great. Um, then I'm going to pull my number three. Going to do the same as Stefan. I love a nightmare before Christmas. It's those songs, man. Yeah, <laughs> I also think the character design is sick. I like the three little kids that are like oogie boogies, like henchmen. Uh, I always yeah. love the way they looked with their like masks on and stuff. Um, number two, gonna pull an Andrew here. Elf is just a lot of fun, <laughs> and I remember uh, my uh, I was at my grandmother's house, and she's like, "We need a new Christmas movie to watch." We always watch the same old stuff, so we rented Elf. We didn't realize it would just continually play, so it just stayed on the TV. And we all just watched it like several times in a row. Um, <laughs> well, I just really enjoy that movie. Um, Will Ferrell's at a high point in this. And John Favreau, love you. You make yeah. gold, sir. Can't wait for The Mandalorian. Got to tie it into the Star Wars. Uh, and my number <laughs> one, I'm going to pull another Wolfie Cruz here. Home Alone, dude. Oh, shit. Number yeah. one, huh? Yeah, because as a kid, nice. in your wildest dreams, you're like, sick. I can protect my house. That'll be sick. I want to be home alone. In reality, and it's your family's gone. Yeah, but it's scary as fuck. So I don't really want. I never really That's wanted it to happen. But at least I felt like watching that movie. I could protect my house. Like I knew how. Give me some micro machines, some uh, some paint cans. I'm set. I didn't have a. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't have a BB gun either. So I still had some things to work out as a kid. So good thing I never was never home alone. But, There's uh, apparently a lot of uh, theories online as to what his dad did for a living because it seems like yeah. he, it wasn't like a shared house, like full house style. Pretty much, you what you can gather is that the that Peter McAllister was paying for the whole thing and everybody's tickets. Yeah, yeah, he's a rich motherfucker, man. Saying what the hell did he do? Hey, look, that's such a politician boss. Movie. They think they think maybe a mob boss or he was a day trader or uh. Something like that, and the mother worked in fashion, hence all the mannequins. Oh, oh! There's a bunch of theories online about all this, man. I love Jeez. it. I, I love just it for uh, the Kevin McAllister, man. That's all I'm there for. My <laughs> honorable uh, mention is, I mean, it's highly debated whether it is or isn't, but to me, and I think the Superhouse crew, it is. Is Die Hard? Well, oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. There's even a reference to it when he sends that guy's body down. It says, ho, ho, ho. Sick. 
That's a Christmas yeah. movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, and then also shout out to Christmas Story. I love it. I watch it so many times during Christmas. So that's my list. Jared. I knew that part of my list was going to get eaten up by your guys' lists. Um, it happens. I would say at number five, Die Hard. I think <laughs> I think it's a Christmas movie, and it's like just it's just a fucking great movie. Like even if it's not Christmas, it's a great movie for any time. But the fact that it's like Christmas, it's like enough of a Christmas movie to be, you know, considered a Christmas movie, just makes it like that much more awesome. It's got great one-liners, great action, uh, and it's just a good time. Also, Nightmare Before Christmas is on my list. Um, I'll say that's number four. Um, I love the way the characters look in that movie and just how it's like this like Halloween dude who's like, what the fuck is this? Like, what the fuck is Christmas? Like, I'm interested. I want to find out. But it's like super dark and like not Christmassy. My mom, you know, because it's not Christian, would not let me fucking <laughs> see that movie for the longest time. Like when I was a kid, like. <laughs> the first time I ever saw it, I think, was like at school, and I was oh, just man. like, "This is what I've been missing." Like, she wouldn't like buy it for us. Did she want to take you out of school after that? No, no. It's just like our our parents just chose all sorts of shit that they decided was not Christian, and we couldn't watch. We couldn't watch yeah. The Simpsons, Ninja Turtles for a long time. No Ren and Stimpy, you know, no <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. Oh, um, I hear it. I hear you. The, the next movie. Um, I'm going to say is how the Grinch stole Christmas. The Chuck Jones one classic. Yeah. That's just like a classic movie. And Chuck Jones is like one of my favorite animators. So it's just great to see, you know, like his animation style, like kind of how he would interpret, you know, like Dr. Seuss's wild illustrations. And I love all the things that happened with his eyebrows in that movie. That shit's sick. Um, and then the next one I would say is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the classic Rankin-Bass one. Classic. With like the abominable snowman. That's just like a timeless classic that I will never get tired of watching. And it's just like a joy to behold that, you know, classic uh, kind of claymation. Um, and then I'll say this is one that I saw like last year, but you know, I put a high up on the list because, like, I like it just because it's, like, the most anime, you know, like, Rankin-Bass Christmas movie that they ever made. Um, it's this movie called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like you know, clay animation, but it's, like, you'd see, like, Santa Claus as, like, this young elfin kid just in, like, the forest who's, like, being trained by, like, all these, you know, different, like, spirits and shit on like how to be like a a magical person and then it's got these really great bad guys called the aguas who like kind of like remind me a lot of something you would see in like thundercats or something of that era it's like very very 80s so it's like this weird merging between like kind of like this you know masters of the universe style and like rankin bass and it's like it's just like a really good time to watch that. And then at number one, I would say, even though I low-key hate Disney, um, is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, wow. Um, it's yeah. like, it's just got like, I don't know, like when I was a kid, it was like kind of creeped me out, but I like liked that about it. And it's just got like, 
you know, a really kind of uh, dark adaptation of like, you know, Christmas Carol and it's got, mm-hmm. you know, the ghost of a uh, Christmas future or whatever with like, you know, no face jingling these chains and like, it's got like a uh, Scrooge McDuck, like looking at his funeral and no one's there. It's a great time. It's good Is to Mickey actually a character scare the kids. Like he's actual. I yeah. think I think Mickey's Mickey's Bob Cratchit and then Cratchit or whatever and then like he's got like a family with Minnie you know he's got like a there's like a tiny Tim that looks like Mickey and Minnie's kid. Um, he's got lines and everything. He talks. I feel like he just yeah laughs and says one line a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. He's got he he's got lines and like he does you know the whole like it's like his family's like the the family that is at you know kind of the mercy of ebenezer scrooge okay and then like it, it came it came like on this vhs that also had this jack and the beanstalk animation that used to creep me out when i was a kid because there's this scene where like goofy mickey and donald like are like in this house and they're like fucking literally starving and like they're starting to like see each other as like different foods and stuff and donald goes crazy and in a fit of rage starts eating the table yeah i thought that i thought that shit was pretty dark but um, yeah, it's a it's a great great time. I like the I like the weird shit. Nah. Nice man, well, fucking a. This has been one hell of an oh, app. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that was episode one hundred and fifty nine of the SHPOD. <laughs> we are fucking making our way to the. Future. Sorry, <laughs> I'm tired. Periods um, <laughs> after every word. Uh, we want to thank Shasta and Matt Herring, our Patreon contributors, for their contrib- contributions every week. You guys are kicking ass. If you feel like you want to throw us a little bit of coinage our way to keep the podcast going, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, folks, and we do enjoy bringing you these episodes, and would be nowhere without contributions. So, thank you guys for contributing, and what else? And we might take a little break the last two weeks of December. Um, Hopefully, you can live without us for two weeks. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, Shasta and Shasta R and Matt H. And... uh, Please visit us on any of our social media. Search for Superhouse Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know, Stitcher, whatever, uh, everything. And we're also on Redbubble and TeePublic. That's T-E-E-Public.com for any Superhouse merch and stuff like that. And I'm Thunderwolf Lives on Twitter. And that's no, no, no. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter. And I think that's going to do it for me. Oh, I'm Thunderwolf Lives on Instagram if anybody cares about that. Uh, and I think that's yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it for me currently. I'm on Instagram. If you look for Wolfie Cruz, C R U Z Z, and uh, check out Stefan Santa Cruz at YouTube. If you want to check out some films that I've worked on, a little a couple music videos here and there. Um, but definitely keep your eye on the podcast, on the page, interact with us on the page. We've been getting a lot of good. Um, interaction with listeners out there keep it coming we'll keep some fun posts coming and uh looking forward to 2019 baby wolfie out 
Uh, this is Maddie. You can check me out on Instagram at Beardo. That's mm-hmm. all I got. Bye. Uh, this is Jared. You can check me out on Instagram at Little Devils Club. Um, <laughs> I draw anime sometimes. I'm doing Ooh, it many, many times. I'm on it right now. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And we'll talk about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. (laughs) That's the coolest thing. (laughs) Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. (laughs) And we can make money. (laughs) What? (laughs) If you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. (laughs) You give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. I'll do that. You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. <laughs>